All right, you football-loving maniacs, time for another episode of Three Honest Lads. I am Tyler Terrence, and I am sitting with a cold, crisp blue moon in my apartment in Dana Beach, Florida. Meanwhile, Devin Kerr, fresh off of a workout in some godforsaken hotel in the ATL, ahead of his call on the sideline, joining John Champion and Taylor Twelman for the 106th edition of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup Final which is going to feature none other than the loons of Minnesota United and Frank DeVore's Atlanta United should be an awesome match. Loons have been skidding as of late, but Mr. Devin Kerr, how on earth are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. We got to talk about the blue moon. I don't mind it. That seems to be your go-to as of late. I feel like I've instilled enough beer knowledge in you over our brief but amazing time together that you would either go big or go small. Like you basically, you spend less money on Miller Lite and drink more of them, or you spend more money on better beer and you can still drink more, but I just feel like you've risen above Blue Moon. Do you disagree with that? I, I need to know your decision-making behind it before we go any further. Okay, so my thought pro- So I just want you to know, and you've taught me this, um, is that my, fr- my fridge is stacked, and it wasn't for a couple of weeks, and that's because I was traveling, but mainly it was just because I didn't have anything. So right now in my fridge, in part thanks to you, is uh, Guinness Blonde, Blue Moon, and the Kona Golden Ale. So I have those three options, and the Blue Moon is actually leftovers from when you and I last hung out and and had a couple of adult beverages. So those are leftovers. I just wanted to knock those out. That was more of just like, these are in my fridge. I just want to get them them done. Like, I'm excited. I'm probably going to have a second one in the middle of this conversation and this podcast, to be completely honest, and I'll probably go to Kona. But that was my that was my thought process. That was it. I respect that. I was at a liquor store the other day, by the way. And when I mean liquor store, I mean a quickie mart down the street from my house that I have to show you. It's an insane find. That kid, Adam, that was at my house last week before you showed up. And that poor thing yeah. had no clue what was going on. Yeah. He found Kona, the blue, like the golden ale, yeah. $7.99 a 12 pack. Shut the front door. I paid like 12 bucks for mine. I know. You, you could pay like 10 bucks or 11 bucks for a six pack. It's insane. Apparently. Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. By the way, the, the hotel that I'm at, um, you know, I'm quite particular about my lodging and flying, not particular in the sense of like high class, just I like to stay with the same ones. I am at a Hyatt. You know how I feel about Hyatts. I love them. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, no, I was really light on sleep at this point in time. But in the fall of 2017, most people don't know this. You will remember. In the fall of 2017, we had a really nasty hurricane that came through the South Florida area. And at a certain point in time, it was slated to be not only one of the biggest storms that ever hit South Florida, but specifically, it was going to hit Delray Beach head on. I had a really rough decision to make for my family. I ended up putting my now wife, then fiance, and now one three-year-old Visha, then year-old Visha in the car. That was Sam's Trace. I put them in my truck, and it took us the better part of 14 hours to get to Atlanta. Now, there's going to be people up out there saying, you're... You're ridiculous. I can't believe you drove. I don't care that I have hurricane impact windows on my house and all that stuff. I was worried about the safety of my family. I digress. The hotel that I'm in right now may or may not have been the same hotel in that I stopped at, paid like 150 bucks to sleep for three hours, and then had to check out by 10 so I could drive my ass to Nashville. One false statement about that entire story. She was not your fiance at that point. You did I say fiance? The- I said, did I say fiance then now wife? <laughs> you said then fiance now wife. Yes. Oh, uh, that bitch is my girlfriend. Yeah, for sure. No, no, no. She hadn't. <laughs> yeah. Very, very, very. Say it with your chest. Yeah, very well done, sir. I, I, I appreciate that correction, and feel free to correct me at any point in time. By the way, before we go any further, I feel like you need to give everybody an exact idea of what's going on between you and I right now, 
respectively oh, in our own homes behind the scenes. Okay, so we're recording. But wait, by the way, we never spoke to each other about this. This just happened never, organically. Yeah, this happened. So we're recording this again on a Sunday, A, because Devin is going to go to training and has a lot going on tomorrow, and B, just because like I like the idea of recording on a Sunday all the games we did yesterday are fresh in our brains. The entire week is fresh um, before we dive into week number 26, which is the following week. We're in the middle of week 25. And there are two games going on right now. And we hop on the call. And before we start recording, I say to Dev, I was like, hold on, just let me pull up Bethlehem and Birmingham. And then Devin followed with. You're pretty ridiculous. I can't believe that. You said why. I said, because I've got Indian Charlotte on right now. I was going to tell you, but then I thought you were going to say, Jesus, you're ridiculous and laugh at me. It's good to know great minds think alike. It doesn't necessarily mean that our minds are great, but that they do in general. It's a beautiful world we live in. So right now, Bethlehem doing battle with Birmingham. Um, That game is from Talent Energy Stadium and beautiful, but not really Chester, Pennsylvania. And Charlotte Independents are at Lucas Oil Stadium, the once home of Andrew Luck. How how crazy is that? Oh, my God. That is what a story, man. I mean, just talking about shocking the entire NFL community. And I'm not even going to get into the booing and all that stuff. Who cares about that? I I don't mean who cares. I just mean, like, I don't think it's our place to say anything. Track back for a second. We both, however, have said that we reserve the right at any point in time in this podcast to give an update on the game, whether it's a highlight, a score, a card, anything like that. We can just interrupt the other person. So if that happens, we apologize ahead of time. However, we want to keep it real time and keep you football-loving maniacs in tune with exactly what's going on. As if we didn't have free reign to interrupt each other whenever we want on this podcast before. But no, 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 you're completely right. You're completely right. Um, all right, so let's let's dive headfirst into the shallow end, but hopefully that we, we don't break our necks into week number 25 in the USL Championship. And we're going to have to go back to a Wednesday night soccer that's actually on Wednesday night. This week, it's not going to be on Wednesday. It's going to be on a Friday. And I love the USL Championship graphic for that game, which is a great game, by the way, coming up. India 11 and Louisville City from Slugger Field. Going to be an awesome picture. But it literally says a Friday night edition of Wednesday night soccer. If you didn't want to have this problem, you shouldn't have called it Wednesday night soccer. It's so freaking simple. Stick the game of the week. Good Lord almighty, but I digress. So let's head to that Wednesday night soccer game. It was from Salem Stadium at Wake Med Soccer Park. How about this? Neil Collins' boys bleed for Four goals, they fall 4-2 to two to Dave Sarantin and North Carolina FC. Big result for Steve Miller and company. And there was another great game as well. Nashville playing host to New York Rebels 2, and it's New York Rebels 2 who come away with the result. And it was Jared Stroud, I believe, getting the equalizing goal. And then it was a long-distance effort coming from, I believe, like right at the edge of the area that ended up sneaking inside the near post. A rough result for Gary Smith and the boys. But how about New York Rebels, too, taking advantage of the fact that Tampa Bay dropped points. They pick up three points. And right now at the top of the Eastern Conference table, New York Rebels, too, sit ahead at 53 points, four points ahead of the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Devin, what did you see from North Carolina and Tampa Bay? A couple of things here, to be honest. Um, number one, it was one of the poorest displays I've seen from the Rowdies all season long, if not the poorest. And it was really weird coming out of it as well. A lot of high praise from Neil Collins and the work that had been done in there, what I think it was believed 10 days off here. And he just said, look, we've had a pretty easy schedule in terms of management, not the games that they played, but 
quite regular, not a lot of midweek games. Their travel was pretty easily maintainable. And he said, you know, we needed to be rattled a little bit. And they did. They felt like the Birmingham game that they got a taste of their own medicine where they look good for about 30 minutes or so. And then Stone's boys just kind of ran away with it. They get the goal before halftime and the momentum went to the home squad, never looked back. They came out flat against North Carolina FC. Dave Sarakin's squad, on the other hand, looked really nice. Great possession of the ball. And it was meaningful. They were able to move it side to side. They stretched it vertically. Going into the match, I'm on a call with Mike Watts, and I said, I promise you two things. He said, what? I said, Justin Rennicks will either A, get his first goal, or B, have a meaningful impact up top. And number two, Stephen Miller will 100% score tonight. Rennicks gets the assist on the first goal. Stephen Miller gets the brace. They just dismantled Tampa Bay Rowdies, and they have a problem because Wait, defensively... Step, 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 step. Hold on a second. What, what's that noise in the background in your hotel? Is, what is noise? That you, is, that, is that you patting yourself on the back? No, I wasn't. I promise. I wasn't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I swear. I'm kidding. I, would ta- I would take credit for it. You know I would. <laughs> so take you know credit what, you for know it. What? You called it. You called no, it. I, no, I'm, no, no, no. I just meant it. No, I'm, here's what I'm getting at, though. And, and I, was, I was going that direction. By the way, this is me in the background of my hotel room flicking you off. So um, the reason I was headed in that direction was it wasn't that, oh, my gosh, I saw Stephen Miller scoring in Justin Rennick. It was that the Tampa Bay Rowdies on the defensive side have become so predictable that it's easy to see where their vulnerable points are. And that's not a good thing for Neil Collins. I'm specifically referencing the right side where they've kind of fallen flat a little bit at right midfield. They don't know who they want to play there. They've had a lot of rotation. I get it, some injuries. But specifically, you've got Mohamed Kone and Tarek Morad, both of which Morad especially has struggled. I did a whole piece on it leading into the match. Kone got exposed in this game. You've got Juan Tejada playing your wingback, basically. And the difference between the wingbacks for a Nashville and three-back and a Rowdies in the three-back compared to the Riverhounds are Nashville is able to go both ways. The Rowdies were always a bit more offensive-minded with a good three-back, and they've trailed away from that. Pittsburgh is always a five-back. And for Tampa Bay now, you are just overloaded on one side. You cannot run at Leo Fernandez or, or Caleb Richards, but the right side is picking the entire time. And the past three matches, it's looked like that. I will say this. Give them credit on the weekend that they've been able to recover. We'll get to that in a second. But the Tampa Bay Rowdies have a problem. It's on the right side of the defense. they got to find a way to figure it out because it has not looked good prior to this weekend's match, which, by the way, all you did was beat Memphis. So That's a big accomplishment for some teams. Not Tampa Bay, but there are other teams that would really enjoy that type of result. But <coughs> Hartford Athletic, move on. Whoa, whoa. They had an awesome win over the weekend that we'll get to in a second. Friday, August 23rd, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, 1-0 decision against Loudoun United. Brendan Burke, who was on the show last week, said that he expected a big response. Listen, doesn't matter if you punch seven in or if you pump one in. It doesn't matter. They kept a clean sheet. They get the win at home against Loudoun United. To be fair, Loudoun United did have their chances down the stretch, but it finishes 1-0 in favor of Bob Lilly's boys along the Monongahela. How about this? Phoenix, Sacramento. Phoenix Rising, actually, since they've been branded Phoenix Rising, they've only beaten the Quails once. You'd have to go back to 2014 in their Arizona United days to pick out their second win against the Quails. And it ends up being a 2-1 decision in favor of Phoenix Rising. The scoring started with a horrific mistake that since has been claimed by Zach Lubin, because you and I were talking on the broadcast of whether or not it was fully Joey Farrell's fault or not. Zach Lubin claims responsibility for the mistake. Joey Farrell tries to head the ball back to Lubin, who was calling for it. Cammy Wasta instinctively ran past Joey Farrell while he was lining up the header in between Lubin and Farrell, flicks along for the opening goal in the opening two minutes. Joey Farrell, calm, cool, and collected, puts the ball out of the back of the net, places it in midfield, and said, okay, my bad, let's move on, and move on they did. Junior Fleming's after a little bit of like a 
rebound, outlet, restart, try to circle it back around, cross it into the middle. It comes off the outstretched foot, a overdue cut toenail from Juan Barahona gets in the way. He pokes it in the back of his own net. And there we go from 1-1. And then Phoenix just dominated the game. Sacramento Republic did not come with a good game plan. Phoenix executed to a T. They were not able to create as many chances as you would think. But Sacramento, for the most part, were sitting in a pretty deep block and were allowing Phoenix to have the ball. And it ends up being a bizarre goal from who else? Joey Farrell. Solomon Asante, after a corner was sent in, gets headed back out. Asante takes it on the first time. It looks like it's destined for the back of the net, but there's about four players along the goal line for Sacramento. Joey Farrell is a step in front of them, who tries to move out of the way. It hits off of his thigh and redirects to the other side of the goal. Bobby Shuttleworth has no chance, not to be confused, with Jesus Shuttleworth, no connection. And it would be Phoenix Rising hanging on for a 2-1 win over Sacramento Republic. And they get their 15th straight win. They now are the sole owners of the longest consecutive winning streak in the history of the modern era of soccer within the United States. And the reason why I say the modern era of soccer is because Major League Soccer back in 97-98 season LA Galaxy went on a 15-game winning streak, but that was when we had shootouts where they would dribble from the 30-yard line. You weren't allowed to cross the 18 or whatever it was. You had to score. So they won that way. There was only two results that could happen, either a win or a loss. So Phoenix Rising, longest winning streak in the history of the United States, and they just continue to get it done. A really incredible three weeks for them, beating El Paso, Reno, and now Sacramento. And the Quails fought valiantly. But again, Devin, as you said, I thought their substitution patterns, and even I was able to point that out. And if I can point something out, you know that there's an issue. Um, it just seemed like they were, they were almost in reverse order. Um, so, I, I mean, like, it, it just, it's crazy. I mean, Kelsey Steele with a great response. She thought that they were going to lose. She shotgunned to not a dollar beer, but a Bud Light nonetheless, um, which was great from her. Devin, I mean, you said that um, you, you weren't sure whether or not this is going to go Phoenix's way, and Rick Sean sort of used those two as motivation. I don't think they needed any motivation for this game, but nevertheless, uh, another just massive result as they go into a, a very short week where they'll take on Tacoma and Colorado Springs in a matter of five days. Yeah, the good news for Phoenix here, and it's, it's the body of work, right? I mean, obviously the result's nice, but I really take the heart where Rick told us about five or six weeks ago now where it wasn't a disrespectful comment to anybody else in the league, nor to the teams that they were taking on or would take on in the future. But Chance they have a bigger Bethlehem. picture. Chance for Bethlehem. Send it across. It's loose in front. I don't know who it is, but Birmingham, it'll be cleared away. All right, continue. I love that, by the way. You are a special person, and I love the fact that you've taken this heart. Keep it coming, my friend. Um, you know, Rick Sean told us that there is a bigger picture here, and I admire that because it's no different than what went on when they were struggling at the beginning of the year or when you're struggling and getting results. They're looking for not a proper run of form. That's nice. They want to make sure they're looking good doing it. And this is honestly, in a full match in its entirety, the first time that we've seen it start to finish. I, I understand there's a miscommunication in the opening 90 seconds, but outside of that, this was executed to a T. And, and I think you said it best that Rick Shons didn't need motivation from me. Like, look, if you're using me as motivation, you got bigger problems. And he doesn't have bigger problems because he has the ability to get those guys up without any issue whatsoever. And to give you an idea, coming into this match, he said to us, he felt like the guys were looking past Reno. Maybe that's why they didn't play that great. And you're looking at, oh, 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 the independence. Yeah. Uh, deflection off of set piece. Who is it? Who's claiming it? Is this a Nikki Jackson claim? Hang on. Approaching 15th minute, Evan Newton looks defeated. It's definitely one nothing Charlotte Independence. Bear with me. I'm waiting for the replay. Come on, pipe the replay in, Indy. There you go. This is, oh, that's a handball. Oh, VAR would call this back. 
Oh, wow. What wouldn't, what, what wouldn't VAR call back at this point? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, so here's the thing, and this is what everybody was getting into. Um, Isaac Anking, the kid who's on loan from New England Revolution, sweet little left foot, has got a shot from, uh, he's off to the right center. He's about 25 yards out. Hits it with his left foot. It's not a bad strike. And there is like a little gap, and Nicky Jackson starts to take a step, and it actually hits his hand and deflects into the other direction. Now, look, it's close to his body, and I think the rule's ridiculous. I think it should stand as a goal anyway, but the rule of the law, the way that they've changed it, is that it, it shouldn't be called a goal. I digress. Um, it is one nothing, Charlotte Independence. So, yeah, he said that they were, they were kind of looking by Reno a little bit. And that's what I was alluding to when I said that I thought Phoenix might lose one of the next two, especially against Sacramento Republic. Given the series history, only two wins coming in in 13 matches, half of which they weren't even able to gather a point. That didn't look well for them. You combine that with a Sacramento Republic squad that had gotten results in, I believe it was four of the previous five. Yeah, because they were 2-0-2 going in. Um, and just the matchup in general, the emotion can kind of creep into your head some point in time. I'm just, I'm happy that Phoenix had the response that they did because it wasn't just let's go out and get a goal. There's a bit of luck in it from Junior Flemings, but then it was just an impressive run of form. And I want to be real clear here with what I'm saying to the fan base because you and I talked about it off there. You know who you are out there. You need to watch the way you speak to people on Twitter. And I'm not just talking about myself. Be professional. You won. And there's fun in doing this, but do not speak in a derogatory manner. There are little kids. There are women. There are a bunch of people involved in this that don't need to hear things that have gone on on social media. And I'm not talking about myself. There's a way to have fun with people, and there's a disrespectful way to go about this. You don't look good for yourself as a person or representing your club in a couple of ways that you've depicted yourself. That's not a threat. It's just common sense. If you want to look like an idiot, go ahead. Continue to do it. But I wouldn't continue down this path because it's not a good look for you. I had plenty of fun with people. I love the response. I can't remember who it was because I got tagged by so many people. Someone said about... Kelsey and I opening our mouths so much, they were going to go to the store and get us fresh bread for breakfast. My response, absolutely. I don't eat breakfast. I'm down for guava pastries or something like that. So there's a lot of fun to be having this, but, but doing it in a fun and polite and professional manner. Don't resort to some of the negative stuff that was coming out. And just to, just to piggyback off of that, and, you know, I, I hate the fact that we're harping on Phoenix in a negative way right now, but it needs to be said because I saw it on social media, and I couldn't even hear it during the broadcast, but apparently there's a certain chant that's going around that yeah. is one that is starting to become more and more negatively viewed. It, it's always been negative, but it was just sort of accepted for, for a number of years, and it's a chant that is prevalent in Mexico, especially with the national team and especially in League MX, um, and it starts with a P. Don't do that. It's no. such a bad look. There's one team in Major League Soccer who does it, it's LAFC, and it's such a bad look when they do it. And there, there's no need for that. There's so much. Phoenix has so many great chances, and, and Devin and I are literally like dancing in our seats at some of the some of the things like you got what I need. Like that is like a great <laughs> chant, and I love that. But like, there's no need to resort to that stuff because a, what does it do? You're not going to throw off the keeper and, and force him to make a bad goal kick. Like it's just a, it's an inappropriate chant. And again, like Phoenix has become such a, it's become such a buzz in the Valley of the Sun and, and the fans, the front office, the organization, the, and, and especially the players and the coaches have worked so incredibly hard to build this culture. Don't taint it with this garbage. Just do what you guys do when oh, Tyler Baxter. Wow. Sorry. 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 Brandon Miller. 
a la 2015 Rochester Rhino save under Bob Lilly, except this team has no defense and he actually had to make a save. <laughs> Tyler Pasher cut across it. Tyler Pasher one-on-one beats three players, cuts across top of the 18, off his left foot, upper 90. Brandon Miller outstretched hand. Beautiful save. Birmingham up one nil. Look at this. Who is real time? I feel like it's decision day. Let's go. Kasim, great little finish. He was over on the left hand side, cut it back to the edge of the area, and able to get it past Morton. Birmingham lead one nil along the Delaware River. All right, with all that said, let's jump into Saturday. Ottawa Fury and Nikolai Popovich play host the St. Louis FC, who have been desperate for any sort of result. They don't get it. Carl Howard, another goal from a set piece, another stunner. And Hazi Berry getting his first goal in an Ottawa Fury kit. They come away with a 2-1 win. Louisville City, the back-to-back champs, rattled off now four wins straight. They take down North Carolina FC by a score of 1-0. Clean sheet for John Hackworth's boys. What more could you ask for? How about Hartford Athletic? They were trailing Atlanta United 2 by a score of 2-1 after being up 1-0. Insert Jose Angulo and Mr. October himself from 2017 with OKC Energy FC and the white Puma Jimmy Nielsen. Vucic, Vucic. Vucic comes on. Jose Angulo lost across with his right foot, and and I say that with, like, the utmost of authority with his right foot because Jose Angulo doesn't have a right foot. He has two lefties. And wide-open header for Vucic at the back post. He makes it 2-2. Then Vucic, again, great cross from the left-hand side. He actually almost runs over his own player, was so determined to get to this header at the near post, flicks it along to the back post, nothing on earth Brendan Moore could do about it, and Hartford Athletic go on to win 3-2. That goal came in the 89th minute. Bucci came into the game basically the last 15 along with Angulo, and Hartford Athletic with probably their best win in their brief, brief existence. How about Tampa Bay Rowdies? Do you think they were going to respond after giving up four goals? They pump in five against Tim Mulqueen and Memphis 901 FC. Nashville, big response after their loss against New York Rebels, too. And it came in incredible fashion. 2-1 over the Charleston Battery. Charleston could have really used that point on the road against Nashville. But Dak and Yodi, I believe, who scored the game-winning goal at the death. Swope Park Rangers playing host to New York Rebels, too. What a week for John Wollenek and company. 5-1 to the club that hails from New Jersey but really call themselves from New York. RGB, 1-0 decision over El Paso Locomotive. That game was at HEB. El Paso cannot afford to drop points against the side like RGB, but HEB is always such a tough place to play. How about San Antonio FC taking advantage of a red card that was issued to Salim Muhammad? He must have said something absolutely heinous because the cameras didn't even catch what he did. It had to have been what he said. Twitter confirmed that it was offensive language. Salim Muhammad gets sent off in the first half, and then San Antonio FC just absolutely run away with it. Christian Perano got the scoring started, and SAFC never looked back. 5-0 decision at Toyota Field. Okay, the Energy FC drill Austin Bolt and Marcelo Serrano by a score of 4-2. It was 4-0, often made it somewhat interesting late. Also, a stunning goal coming, by the way. I believe it was Rafa Garcia, if I'm not mistaken. Rafa Garcia, yeah. He had a nice strike. His his first one, actually, by the way, was a a nice strike as well, but it just got redirected, unfortunately. He was off an Austin player. (laughs) All right, Orange County playing host of the Monarchs. Big playoff implications here. And it's Orange County coming away with a 3-1 win. Aiden Quinn scored one from the set piece. Orange County never in doubt against the Monarchs. How about Fresno? Late, late, late show against the Colorado Springs switchbacks from Chuck Chansey Park. And it's a 2-1 win for Fresno at the death. Ramon Martin Del Campo, the man with four names, scores the second goal for Fresno on the night, and they get a massive three points now sitting in second place, nine points behind Phoenix and Las Vegas Lights FC, a game in which Portland Timbers 2 utterly, thoroughly, 
and definitively dominated. T2, I believe, hit the woodwork more times than there actually are woodworks on a goal. So do that math in your head. I believe they hit the post across bar four times. But somehow, Las Vegas Lights end up with a 1-0 win. They hang on against the T2 side that has been stumbling and then some. And that brings us to Sunday, August 25th, in which we are recording. And right now, Birmingham with a 1-0 lead over Bethlehem. Charlotte, a 1-0 lead over Indy 11. How about the away side in this Sunday fixture? Great stuff from Week 25. Devin, want to hit on anything? Dude, look at the standings, by the way, for a second here. (laughs) There is an eight-point difference between Austin Bold, who currently sits in fourth. (laughs) And RGV in 15th. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. And RGV, who sits in 15th. The difference between fourth and 15th in the East is 26 points. What does that mean? I'm, I just think the teams overall, and I think the teams in, in the East are better. We've talked about this before. Is I do that think that, that there, I, I think there are better teams in the West. I think the teams overall in the East are better, if you can understand that. For instance, like, I think Phoenix, Fresno, and Reno would wipe the floor with the Battery, the Legion, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, I, I, maybe not Pittsburgh. I mean, depending on who those three match up against, I think they would wipe the floor with most of the Eastern Conference. But like, OKC, here's a fun matchup, Energy FC and the Battery. One can't score and one can't play defense. Like, how much fun would that be? <laughs> like, it's so good. Like, how good would this matchup be? I would love to watch Ottawa Fury play Reno. I would love – I was thinking about this the other day. I was, I was daydreaming. Um, it, was, it wasn't the other day. It was today. It was today because I had a big cleanup day today, actually. I, I, like, cleaned my bathroom. I cleaned my toilet. I swept the floor in my room. I did a bunch of laundry. Like, you know, it was a very, very domestic day for me. And while I was folding laundry, I, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, listen, everything's going to run through Phoenix no matter what at this point. But what would be the best possible final? And it would be a one seed versus a one seed. Can you imagine how open of a game New York Rebels 2 and Phoenix would be? The final score would be seven six. Like I wouldn't be able to talk for a year. Like it would, it, it would be obnoxious. By the way, Dan Kelly might have just broken his ankle. Really? Um, I don't know if he broke his ankle. It's a really good challenge at the top of the box. To be honest, he's trying to cut it across his body. Twenty six minute, and the, the replay's moving so fast. I'm, I'm dead serious. And now they're just sitting on the trainer. Um, <laughs> but they're like working on it. He's in like serious pain. Um, yeah, that'd be that would be insane. And I mean, like right. Okay, so let's do this right now. What is for your money? Not who's going to get there. If you could pick two teams that you want to see play, not in the final, but if you had to go pick two teams to play in the East tomorrow right now for the way that they're playing in the form that they're in, who would you want to see play? If you had to pay money to go see someone, who would it be? In the East? Yeah, we'll start with East. Well, first of all, I'm not paying any money to go see a USL championship game, by the way. I feel like I've done my... No, no, we're gonna, obviously we're going to get media credentials. You, you Come on, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're just saying, i got to go pay money to play see somebody play. I'm, I'm not paying any money to go see You're actually play. paying for a Mets ticket. We're just stopping by the USL game. <laughs> uh, By the way, the, the Marlins beat the Phillies again, so you're welcome. Go ahead. I know that was that was actually really big, considering the Mets got swept by the Braves. I watched that entire game today from start to finish to give you an idea of how bored I was today. Um, all right, so with the form that they're in, and all like, but here's the thing: is that none of the none of the teams in the East. <laughs> really tickle my fancy with the exception of New York Rebels 2. It's just the type of football that I like. I mean, some people get off to like really sound defensive compact. No, I get it. Red Bull, Red Bull 2 are some more, more similar to the Liverpool. Yes, exactly. Okay, just uh, get that out of the way. Don't tell me the fucking, tell me the okay. fucking matchup. <laughs> New York Rebels 2 and Ottawa. I like that matchup. 
I really like that matchup. That's that's a good game, man. That's a there would be tactical maneuvering all over there because Ottawa is basically a slice of pie off of Swole Park Rangers mixed with a little bit of Red Bull too. Combine that with a bit more possession and then just open things up when they have to. And obviously John Wallenack is like a two-year-old with five thousand pieces of Skittles shoved into his mouth, just swallowing the entire time. Sugar rush all over the place. <laughs> What the? I don't know. It's the best analogy I've come what? up with. I'm I'm taking myself off mute on the phone. I'm looking at the computer screen. Dane Kelly's barely walking on the field, and now Illich Bethlehem. is down. Here comes Bethlehem two v one. What are you gonna do? Oh, you took too long. Quarterback across. No, you're not gonna get it off. Come on. Shocking. Shocking. Somebody hit it. No, good pressure, Birmingham. That's good transition defense. Anyway, as you were. So I'm gonna go. By the way, you you totally took one of mine, so I'm going to pick two totally new teams, and I'm just going to do it from a style standpoint because I think it would be really interesting to watch. I'd like to see how Red Bull 2 and Indy would break each other down. I'd like to see that. That would be a stalemate. I feel like they would just cancel each other out. I don't know, man. See, like, the three back of Indy, when they rotate it, like, Neville Hatshaw, you can't beat him. He's ridiculous. Like, And with Ioze in front of him, it's kind of similar to, like, what goes on in Tampa. They just, they play it better. And I just think it would be really, really fun to watch. And I actually think the defensive side of Red Bull would be the biggest question mark because their defensive transition is really good, but... When what if what if they regularly are getting their press bypassed? With India is pretty good at doing playing out of the back. How does that then suit? Do they then start to sit a bit more? I just think tactically it'd be really fun to watch. Anyway, let's jump to the West. How about the West? Oh, it's easy. Give me Phoenix and New Mexico all day, all day. I, I want I want that game on repeat for the rest of my life. It's, okay, it's, so it's I should have I, I should have pre- I should have prefaced this because I knew you were going to say that, and that's my choice too. So pick something else. I don't want. It. Would you watch Real Monarchs Reno? Um. Or would you? That's hold on, yeah. Hold, would on, you, hold on. That's not a bad shout. That's not a bad shout. How about OKC and Reno? Okay, but hang on. Let's be fair. Whoever's playing here, we're not, we're not going to any of their home stadiums, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, like I'm not I'm not going to watch Reno at Reno. Sorry, Reno fans, love you guys, but I'm I'm gonna want to play on a baseball field. There's nothing no. against New Mexico United either, but New Mexico United has a ridiculous atmosphere, so they can get away with it. Um, or maybe. Oh wait, okay, hold on a second. San Antonio Reno at San Antonio. Thank you. San Antonio Reno at San Antonio. That's not bad. Yep, that's not bad. I mean, right now. Ready for this? I'm going to throw you a trump card. The, you, now you get to take the two teams. <laughs> the hosting venue is HEB Park. Who are your two teams? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to have an interconference, uh, interconference battle here. Tacoma. And oh, I've got, a, I've got a great matchup, by Tacoma, the way. So go ahead. Tacoma, Tacoma and Hartford from HEB. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's so amazing, because I was 100% going to say Tacoma, Colorado Springs. <laughs> like, I'm going to put them out there in the dead of heat, bring them down to ground level, travel out in the middle of nowhere. You know, Woldy Harris, God bless his soul, taking over for trade, is still only going to travel eight players. Like, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> If I was ever put on the call for that game, if that game were to ever exist in some alternative universe, I would take a fine to not have to call that game. Would you take a fine and not have to call that game, or would you call the game for free if they could do it and let you drink? Oh, the latter. The latter. Yeah. Can I, I knew it. Wait, I know the way to your heart. Can we can we fly out there though? Can we can we be on? Oh yeah, you're definitely on site. No, wait, no, no. I'm still. So we're still paying for your airfare. You get incidentals, all that stuff. That's all paid for. You just wouldn't be paid for the actual game. However, we would pay for the booze for you to call again. Okay, fair. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm about that. Okay, let's move on. Let's dive into week number 26. Um, by the way, what I mean. 
the way that things panned out in the West, I don't want to harp on it too much, but like it again, like everything went according to the plan in the West, and the plan in the West is that there is no plan. Like that's that's just what it like. Orange County winning, San Antonio winning, Sacramento losing, like Las Vegas winning. Tell me how I mean, Austin Bold is still in fourth place. Like you're, you're it is losing two, it's, it's, losing two out of three in the West and and staying put is like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, all right. So first game of the week is actually going to be Phoenix and Tacoma. And we got this question. Um, what is the roster going to look like, the 18, for, for Chris Little and Tacoma Defiance? And they said they're going to bring a bunch of MLS players down. I mean, yeah, sure. Of course they are. Like, I mean, Seattle, I think their last game was like a week ago. Um, and they're not going to play again until I think Saturday or Sunday. So it's a good way to get some of the guys on the back end of Seattle um, some minutes against Phoenix. And that's, and that's what the look has been against Phoenix, against all the MLS two teams, is that the MLS team sees Phoenix as the closest thing to an MLS caliber team within the USL championship. So they're going to send their guys down to get the minutes against a side that is organized, quality, and probably better than both the Colorado Rapids and FC Cincinnati. Yeah, I, you can't be upset about it. And Rick said it best. He said that, you know, flattering. Yeah, it, it's flattering that not only did they get to the final last year, but, you know, now they're, they've done really well for themselves. They've got a nice run of form. And each and every week when you go out, you've got a bullseye on your back. Ask Blue City how that feels. Ask Red Bull, too, how that feels. I mean, it's no different for any of those three teams and, and or excuse me, those two teams. So. I think it's a massive, massive compliment. And to be honest, from a mental tenacity standpoint, it's much better for Phoenix players, especially when you rotate guys. And I promise you, Rick Johnson company have been able to rotate players in general, yet alone the fact that they're going to be on the road against Tacoma Defiance. And so Joey Kalishri, it's a very good chance that he's going to get a start. You know, you rotated James Musa out of the lineup. He'll probably be back in. You know, do you get an opportunity to sit somebody else on the back line outside of, hear me out for a second, outside of Duichi on the most ridiculous double yellow or red, whatever it was. I don't remember. Um, double, double yellow. <clears throat> double yellow, yeah. That one of the most ridiculous. Although it's the USL, so not really. Um, you know, I mean, Corey Whalen played for, I think, 60-some minutes or something like that. FC Tucson is now his opportunity to bring him in. And it's just a really good chance. And, and if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tyler, didn't Rick Sean tell us that JJ would be making the trip? Um, JJ was going to travel to Colorado. He was travel to Colorado. Traveled. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, he's considering, be, it's, he's not considering it's four he's games, not he probably won't play in Tacoma, but he'll, he'll travel to Colorado Springs. He'll probably still be on the trip, just won't showcase for Chris Little. I don't think he'll be in the 18 against, against Colorado Springs either. I think they just want him around everything and want him around the routine because he hasn't gotten his FC Tucson running yet, which he said that is definitely going to come. That was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind, Phoenix fans. Don't get too excited. He's He's, he's on the mend. He's coming back. Just not maybe this week or the week after. All right. So that's the only game on Tuesday. Let's head to a Wednesday. Atlanta United 2 playing host of Memphis 901 FC. Pass. Loudoun United in Birmingham. If Birmingham can hold on here for a 1-0 win against Bethlehem. Quick turnaround against the Loudoun United side that has been struggling. See, like, this is, mark my words, if Birmingham win tonight, they will lose against Loudoun. I'll take that to the bank. I will take that because Loudoun hasn't won since the Bush administration and Birmingham is terrible on the road. They're going to they're gonna blow their one road load right here against Bethlehem Steel, Talent Energy, and then they'll lose to Ryan Martin and company. Take it to the bank. Like, please, all day. What do you want to bet? 
I'm not betting because I disagree with you. However, we got to get you a new analogy. <laughs> w or Herbert Walker? <laughs> Herbert Walker. It used to be, I, I mean, like this one is, is, is old, but like my, my biggest phrase when I'm talking about like haven't won or haven't done something since was numb because, you know, coming from super bad, like nobody's gotten a blank um, in cargo yeah. since numb. Like, which is, which is true, which is hundred percent true. Um, but you know, that one was outdated. So I decided to come up with something of my own. And that, that matchup, by the way, just, just a heads up that matchup. Um, and this forget Birmingham for a second. And in terms of what they're doing tonight, obviously you'd like to see them continue their run of form and make it um, six unbeaten, but if they win and then if they go beat Loudon again, that is 100% the end of Loudon. I, I don't care about numbers. That they're done. If they don't win you on said Loudon, that game, you said they're Loudon done. You said was done two weeks ago. You said Loudon was No, I didn't. Ago. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. What I said to you was they have reached the point of no return. The problem is so has everybody else in the Eastern Conference. And what time, what time is it on the phone? Tell me what time it is. 42-15. So has everybody else in the Eastern Conference below the playoff line. And you all keep losing jesus christ there are eight teams below the playoff line right now is that right 11 12 13 40 56 7 18 there are eight teams below the playoff line in the past five games between all of them that's 40 games there are five wins jesus like what is that I'm Sorry, I'm just text, I'm texting Alex and just letting him know when. Yeah, texting. Bomb occurred. Yep. By the way, that uh, even though it says it on the phone, you realize we didn't start recording for like 90 seconds and, in. And I just want to let you know that I also took that into account and said f bomb at around 40 minutes. So there you respect. Go. I'm way ahead respect. Of you. Way ahead. Of so yeah, that is that is a pretty crazy number, by the way. Eight teams below the playoff line. Eight teams, five games a team. That's 40 games, and there's only five wins between the eight teams over 40 games. That's why they're all still relevant because the other team in front. One of them who's sitting in 10th, Charleston Battery, they've got four points in their last five games. That's why there's still a, an ability to get in here. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's what I said to you at the end of the Hartford game last night. I was just like, nobody wants it. But that's, that's the thing about playoff cutoff teams, especially now that you've expanded it to 10 teams. Because, like, top eight teams within the league, because even if you look at it, eighth place in the Eastern Conference right now is Ottawa. And they've clearly separated themselves because – Think about what the playoff thing would look like if it was just eight teams right now. It would be done. There'd be you would not be saying uh, that outside of the win. Called. Outside of the win. Hang on. Outside of the win for Birmingham and the matchup that. Um, accounted for right now. There's seven. They would be seven points out. With no, no. Hang on. I'm looking at. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the TV. TV. Jesus. I'm gonna get my mind together. Um, no, no, no. I know that that's accounted for. I'm saying outside of the win for Birmingham and then if they won it Loudon because. Ottawa plays Pittsburgh this weekend. So that could be easily, they could be sitting on, you know, they win, they're at 32. Okay. If they win again, they're at 35. If Ottawa loses, they're now even on games and four points back. Yeah. So, but there's a lot of ifs in there. A lot of ifs. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. Move on. Move on. When you extend it to eight through 10. Move on. Move on. I'm just saying, shut up. Shut up. Oh, oh, oh. your dirty little mouth. Okay. All right. Tulsa Roughnecks playing out the Las Vegas Lights FC. Las Vegas looking to build off of that wild 1-0 win against T2. Let's head to Friday, August 30th. We got a whole (laughs) slew of games. We got five games on Friday Night Lights in the USL Championship. Southern Derby, Charlotte Independence, and Charleston Battery. What a big game that is with all sorts of playoff implications. Let's talk about more playoff implications, but a little bit further up the table. Louisville City Indy 11. It's a Friday night version of Wednesday night soccer. Whatever the f*** that means. 46 minutes, Alex. Book it. I'm going to text you in a second. 
Ottawa Fury playing host the Pittsburgh Riverhound. That's going to be a solid game. By a solid game, I mean a lot of Ottawa possession, a lot of defensive play from Pittsburgh, and maybe, just maybe, a Carl Howard set-piece goal to set them apart from the River Rhinos. Real Monarchs playing host to OKC Energy FC. Steve Cook looking to build off that Austin Bolton. Goal! In the 11, 42nd minute goal. Neville Hackshaw flicked it back across, and then there was a melee on the backside. Brandon Miller decided to take a nap in goal. What are you doing here? Are you kidding me? Carl, we met. You get Carl, we met. You get, you get rid of Andy Volson. Carl, we met. Saves the day. Respect. Oh, wow. Nice header, actually. This is going to be a foul anyway. 1-1. Tacoma Defiance playing host to San Antonio FC should be a clean three points for San Antonio, given the fact that Tacoma's going to have to play the best team in the league and the hottest team that the league has ever seen in Phoenix Rising earlier that Tuesday. Saturday, August 31st, and the final slate of games on this week number 26. Loudoun United playing host to North Carolina FC. Give a win to Dave Sarakin and the boys. How about this one? Tampa Bay and Nashville. Defense galore. Close your eyes if you want to see some goals, because I probably would venture to say that potentially this could maybe be a nil-nil draw. Colorado Springs Switchbacks playing host to Phoenix Rising FC. If they are to take down Tacoma, that would be for lucky number 17 in a row. Tulsa playing host to Fresno. Should be a clean win for the Foxes on the road against Michael Enzian's side. Los Dos is going to play host to Sacramento Republic. Always a tricky one at Dignity and Health Sports Park in Carson, California. And Reno 1868 FC, who are going to take on Portland Timbers, too. And given the way that Cameron Knowles' bunch have been playing, probably going to be a W for Ian Russell's group. But we'll just have to wait and see. I don't believe there are any Sunday games, but that means I would have to move to September. There are Sunday games. Bethlehem Steel is going to be playing host to Swope Park Rangers. Give me a hard pass on that. New Mexico United playing host to Orange County. Oh, yes, please. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Devin, we're going to be on the call for that one. And then we'll be on the call for the later game. St. Louis playing host to Hartford Athletic. And in between those two is Austin Bold playing host to RGV. Anything that just makes your nipples tingle. I didn't think I had any games next Sunday. <laughs> you sure about that? I, I have no clue. I honestly didn't. I, I have no clue, though. I guess I got to get back and look at my calendar. No, we have, I did tell yeah, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it now. We have those games together. thousand percent. Really? Really? You sound so disappointed. I, I I better cancel the luau at my house. I was having a party. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Exactly. Catered and everything. I swear to God. I talked to Casey today and we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a luau for the, what is it, Labor Day, Memorial Day? I don't know. Some kind of day. And because everybody has Monday I off. Didn't, I didn't get the invite for this. I, we decided when I was at the gym. Relax. Wow. This is and we were going to cater from my friend's place yeah. in, in Lantana. And she was going to bring us food, hook us up. I wasn't going to cook anything, so I was actually going to be able to hang out. What time are the games? Tell me, 6 for and 8.30? For, for Milo's? Lilo's, yeah. <laughs> Lilo's, sure. Milo's, Lilo's. Um, games are at 6 and 8.30. Yep. Wow. Monday it is. Good job planning on your end. There you go. Oh, I'm just going to get slammer bammered when we get done. <gasps> when we get done, do you want to have a sleepover and go get weird? Um, yes. I mean, to be fair, there's going to be a party in my house. So we might just come back and take advantage of everybody. And when I mean advantage of everybody, I mean the booze that's Eat at the house. Eat all the leftover food. Yeah. Eat all the leftover food, make fun of the annoying people, punch someone in the face, and then go out on our own. Can we go to Al's? Oh, you want to go to Big Al's? Yeah, I think you to Big Al's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love Big Al's. I bet you, I bet well, you do. What, what a cheesesteak that was. Good God almighty. That was... That was the closest thing to a Philly cheesesteak that you can get outside of Philly. I will say. It, I it told you it was true. good, man. Don't question yeah. me. Yes, yeah, I didn't question. I listen. I never questioned you. Never, never once in my life. I was toasty that night that we went out with Shoney. That was a good night. That was a good night. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Devin, any parting words for the football loving maniacs? I feel like we should at least finish the half. 
There's about 45. Uh, I got a minute and a half on my end. What's your extra time? I got three minutes. Well, let's let them off the hook because they're going to know the score by the end. They're going to know the score when they, when they listen to this episode anyway. Hashtag three honest lads. Peace out. Peace.